Hello, and welcome to Policy Matters, the podcast that examines the intersection of Aegon and Transamerica's business strategy with public policy issues at the state, federal, and international levels. I'm your host, Maurice Perkins, head of our global government affairs team, and our team is based in Washington, D.C. and in the Netherlands. In this latest episode, Mike Gugig on our team interviews Rich Lacanzi, the president and CEO of the Life Insurance Council of New York, otherwise known as Lycone. Rich oversees the organization's operations and works directly with the Lycone Board of Directors to develop and guide the strategic mission of the organization. Lycone is the leading life insurance organization in New York, representing more than 70 life insurance member companies and more than 20 allied professional firm members. Its mission is to create and maintain a legislative and regulatory environment in the state of New York that encourages the members of Lycone to conduct and grow their life insurance businesses. I've known Rich personally for many years, and Lycone couldn't ask for a better leader. Thank you for joining us on this podcast, and please enjoy the interview. Welcome, everybody, to the most recent edition of Policy Matters. I am Mike Gugig, lead state government relations for Transamerica. With me today, we are pleased to have Richard Lacanti, Rich is the president and chief executive officer of the Life Insurance Council of New York, uh, euphemistically called Lycone. In that role, he oversees the organization's operations and works directly with the board of directors to ensure that the organization's strategic mission is uh, developed and followed and fostered. So with that, Rich, let me welcome you to Policy Matters. Thank you, Michael. I'm so uh, pleased to be here. We really appreciate you coming. So for the audience who doesn't know, can you let us know what is Lycone? Sure. Lycone is a state trade association. Um, We represent the life insurance industry, about 80 life insurance companies that do business in New York. Our members are both domestic and foreign companies, stock companies and mutuals. Plus, we have allied professional members like law firms and consultants. And what is the purpose and mission? What what do you guys do on a daily basis? Sure. Um, so essentially, our you know our focus, our mission is generally is to you know create is to work and maintain a legislative and regulatory environment in New York that encourages our members to conduct and grow their business. We're the principal voice of the life insurance industry in New York. Um, and, you know, we are often the organization that uh, especially elected officials turn to when they're looking for information on the life industry. Our purpose in, uh, is to is to educate, advocate uh, and make sure that, uh, you know, year in, year out, that our voice is heard both in the legislature and certainly at, at the Department of Financial Services. And I will tell you, as somebody who works closely with Lycone, your team does a magnificent job at that. Uh, So thank you for all you do in that regard. We don't uh, come to our positions uh, free of history. What is it that led you to be the CEO of Lycone? So just prior to Lycone, in fact, I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary next week. Um, I was the head of government affairs at Oscar Health which is a startup health plan that was um, conceived in New York in the wake of the enactment of the, the Affordable Care Act. And that company has grown tremendously in the 19 or 20 states that they do business in at this point. And 
you know, I got to know Oscar from my time at the New York, at the New York State Department of Financial Services, where I was executive deputy superintendent for communications and strategy. I got to know Lycone certainly during my time uh, at the department. Um, got to know Mary Griffin, my predecessor. We worked pretty closely, given that part of my portfolio was also intergovernmental legislative affairs. Um, so I was familiar with the organization. I came to the department in 2016 with former uh, Superintendent Maria Vulo, just before the world, I would say, at least the regulatory world, really changed with the presidential election, which you know shaped the department's regulatory agenda very differently, especially in, in, in healthcare. You know, so I came to, I was at Oscar for about 18 months, you know, wasn't necessarily thinking about my next move. I'd gone to Oscar after being at, at, at the department for almost four years, was looking to get back into the for-profit world. And, you know, I learned and found through Mary that Mary had, was deciding to, you know, to retire. And, you know, eventually uh, they hired a search firm and I was, you know, one of the candidates that was that was asked to to interview. And, um, you know, although, like I said, I wasn't necessarily looking to make a move, I'd only been at Oscar for about 18 months. It was an opportunity um, that I had to say yes to, to at least explore. Um, when, when I was asked to, to interview, I was I was honored. You know, it was something I was I was familiar with the organization and familiar with the life industry because before I came to the department, I was at AIG and where I was the deputy head of government affairs and associate general counsel. And I, I represented AIG's life and retirement business at the federal level. I was there about eight years, arrived there about four months before the financial crisis, which uh, <laughs> was quite a time. I was uh, based in New York at the time and you know, went through a lot of change there. We had a pretty large staff. Within about six to eight months, I was really one of only three other uh, staff members that were left. And, you know, AIG, especially during after we accepted federal aid, um, we closed the Washington office, we stopped lobbying. And basically, my job was to respond to you know, a lot of congressional oversight committee investigations. But so when we repaid the government in 2012, I was on the team to help reopen the D.C. office and work to reestablish relations with congressional members and staff. Well, that broad experience certainly gave you the background. I now know why the uh, the recruiting firm wanted to make sure that you interviewed for the role. And, and I am sure glad that they did. As you mentioned, you've been with Lycone for about a year um, looking back on your first year and as you sort of get ready for 2022, what have you learned? What are some of the things that maybe were surprised to you? What I've really learned and come to appreciate and be proud of is, um, you know, the work that we do on a daily basis, the output. Um, we're only seven people. Like Coney um, is a relatively small organization staff-wise. Um, and what I often hear from our members and elected officials is how productive we are and how, you know, what I like to say is we, we've definitely punch above our weight, so to speak. And we work very closely with the National um, Trade Association, the ACLI, um, who relies on us as the lead on New York state issues. And we're um, really proud of the collaboration there, the national and, and, and federal level. You know, I I like to think that we're recognized nationally for our work, certainly at the state level. But, um, you know, we have a, a tight staff, a small budget, um, but we are very efficient in, in, in what we do every day. 
You you sure are. Let's chat about a couple of issues and the work that Lycone has been doing with the Department of Financial Services and, and the legislature, particularly in this highly politically charged atmosphere. What are some of the things that DFS is doing on the climate change front? Certainly. I, I think, you know, on, on issues like this, diversity, inclusion, climate change, I would say this is where my time at the department, my experience there is helpful just in bringing the perspective generally sometimes. And I think we know this all as government affairs professionals that um, we're trying to bridge the gap between regulators and, and the businesses, trying to make sure to explain that regulators are not our natural born enemies, um, that we shouldn't come to the table just thinking that we're going to be adverse. You know, there are going to, of course, be times where that's impossible. We're not going to always agree. And New York is a a very demanding regulatory environment. But, you know, every issue we engage on has to be looked at within a broader context. And I would say climate and also on diversity and inclusion, before the department even turned their focus to this, the industry itself had done so much work on this. You know, we certainly appreciated the willingness of the department's executive deputy superintendent, Miti To, for her engagement with us. They really took the time to solicit our input and feedback into their into their initiatives, you know, on diversity. I give a lot of credit to my predecessor, Mary Griffin, you know, who started a diversity and inclusion conference three years ago. That has grown and is now co-presented with the ACLI and the APCIA. So I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to plug this. Everyone, mark your calendars for Thursday, April 28th, and Friday, April 29th. It's going to be our first, you know, fingers crossed here, in-person conference in more than two years. But, you know, that conference and what we do in that work is really reflective of, of the work that the industry has done over the years to, you know, to really make a more, you know, to, to, to provide a pipeline of talent and a focus for the insurance industry going forward. And so, you know, all of this is just to say that when I say about picking and choosing our issues, this is something that we could get behind. And certainly we had, we provided some input and I think we provided some real you know, effective comments, and, and they took that into account. But we're on board, you know, with these with these initiatives, and, and certainly it affects, and especially on climate change, it affects the life industry different than it does the property casualty industry. So there are different challenges that they have that we don't necessarily have. It's more on the investment side for us. But again, a lot of the companies are ahead of the curve on that, and really looked forward to the opportunity to further engage on that and highlight the work they've done and to make adjustments going forward. That's great. Thank you. And certainly Transamerica and our parent company, Aegon, have done a lot of work in this area, and we're all quite proud of where the company has um, has landed and, and some of the public announcements that it's made. You will not be surprised to learn, Rich, that there was a little bit of political upheaval in Albany uh, mm -hmm. back in 2021. Uh, with Governor Cuomo's resignation and the resignation of the prior superintendent, Superintendent Lacewell. How has, if at all, the political atmosphere in Albany affected your ability to do your work? Certainly uh, not surprised that we want to talk about this. It's had a, quite an impact. You know, the timing when this really broke was just weeks after I had started, and it really broke smack in the middle of budget negotiations, if you remember going back in March. You know, this is, and it started in December and there were some stories, but it really broke open 
at a time which was just, um, you know, was a rough time for the governor and the legislature. We immediately felt the change in the power dynamic, you know, in terms of pushing back against legislation that we were not supportive of, to put it mildly, um, like the proposed 18% surcharge that was introduced last year on insurance companies. We knew we couldn't simply rely on the governor's office to push back against so-called, you know, quote unquote, bad legislation. <laughs> we had to, you know, immediately make sure we were working with a coalition of partners, elected officials and staff to make sure that they were educated and aware of the potential negative consequences um, and the impact that a proposal like that would have. You know, that coupled with the Democratic supermajorities in both houses, which just had been, you know, two years prior, you know, has changed the, the landscape drastically, dramatically. Um, and of course, we don't see that ending anytime soon. And now things have changed again in some ways, for, you know, I would say for the better in terms of having a governor that's willing to engage more directly with the legislature. I think if any, if anybody's been paying attention over the last couple of weeks, you have a new superintendent that was just confirmed at the department, Adrian Harris, and we're immediately seeing the difference in the dynamic between the legislature and the department. Um, the new superintendent has shown a real willingness to work with the legislature, and that you know presents for us challenges, but also opportunity as we have to just kind of rethink um, how best that works for Lycone in. And, you know, and its members. So, you know, more to come on that, certainly. But, you know, in a, in a very brief period of time, and certainly I was part of the reason I think I was hired was because of my, you know, relationships with the governor's office and the department. In fact, when I first arrived, I was still barred. Um, I was still in within my two-year bar. So I couldn't engage with the department until really September of, of last year. So for me, it's been a challenge because, you know, I've had to re-engage, establish new relationships that had existed, you know, in, in positions that had existed before. But again, like I said, with, with every new challenge presents, presents new opportunities. Indeed, it does. And uh, let me thank you for the hard work that you and your team do on a daily basis on behalf of Transamerica and the rest of the life insurance industry. We think that New York consumers are better for your work and, and industry is better for your work and can't thank you enough for doing it on a daily basis. And I can't thank you enough for joining us on Policy Matters. So, Rich, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Transamerica Resources Incorporated is an Aegon company that is affiliated with various companies would include, but are not limited to, insurance companies and broker-dealers. Transamerica Resources, Inc. does not offer insurance products or securities. The information provided is for educational purposes only, should not be considered as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. Please consult your personal independent professionals for answers to your specific questions.